We are live. So welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Inside Out Effect podcast, the now self-proclaimed uh, global personal development podcast on a Saturday night at 7.30 in the evening. I'm your host, Stephen Jakes from uh, the healingthemind.co.uk and also the co-founder of the Inside Out Effect. Now, today um, we are doing episode 32 and we are re-recording the episode on uh, sabotage because it, the last episode got sabotaged. And so uh, so this is the real <laughs> hidden enemy. It is en- ironic. It is ironic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so the, this is the real hidden enemy, which is the cause of all of our issues, uh, stops us from getting help or the right help, and also uh, makes us feel like we don't deserve and much more. And we'll be going into a lot more detail um into all the different areas of how sabotage affects us and what causes all of our problems, um, which, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't actually going to do this podcast today uh, because a bit sab- I was going to go to the gym instead. Oh, were you? That was, that's what sabotage was. Yeah, was gonna to sabotage, out. yeah. I was going yes. to do the podcast, but actually, oh, actually, I can't. I need to go to the gym. Oh, he's making excuses. Oh, making excuses. excuses. Yeah, so, oh, I see. Excuses are our sabotage. Back to Orbed again. Yeah, back to Orbed again. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, so at first, I would like to introduce my co-host, He's back alongside me at long oh, last after oh. <laughs> after all these Good this time uh, we're back again together in the studio uh, and uh, I've got my good friend uh, obviously my business partner the creator of the DTO system co-founder of the Inside Out Effect with myself and uh, also the uh, author of the book Decoding Pain the emotional yes. blueprint to healing chronic pain and also his recent book the uh, the DTO handbook. So I like Which to will be out shortly, <laughs> very many, shortly. How many times has he I said know. that in the last? It's, two it's a work in progress. It is coming along, I promise. Yeah, and so, uh, so anyway, I've got my good friend, the fresh and the frisky, <laughs> and the lovely and the gorgeous Jonathan Shaw. <laughs> Hello, John. You all right? Hi, stay right again. I'm good, mate. Fresh and frisky. It's good to frisky. have you back on my side in our familiar setup. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, well, it's good to be there as well. It's uh, good to be here. Good to do a Lee Evans joke. Yeah, uh, but it's good to be here as well. Um, no, it's nice to be back. It's nice to see you in person yeah. and, and hang out with you live, again. live in person. <laughs> We've always been live, just not in person. Not in person. Uh, no. I've it's never... not the same, is it? Uh, what being in person? No, it is. No, we're doing this. The it's not the same. It's, it's not, not quite the same. Like it's not it. quite the same. It's not. Like, doesn't, um, doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for you. Well, work. I can switch it off if you like. <laughs> it's a bit you might have to do that. Actually. Might have to switch that off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're back live in person again, and it's good to see you and be back here. Um, in your kitchen, it's lovely. The it's studio in, in the studio, uh, kitchen, the kitchen studio, highly exotic that he has studio. here, and with the beautiful ocean in the background. Yeah, oh no, that's not here. Um, but it's, it's but yeah, yeah. so how you been, good. mate? I've been good, I've been very good. Yes, yeah. no, um, lots been happening, yeah, uh, lots of, of different things been happening. I say the book is still in progress. I keep doing little edits on the book, and that's. Uh, I think frustrating my writer, even though she says it's not. Um, bless her, she's doing a, a really good work. But I just wanted to be right before I release it to be. I wanted to help as many people as possible, so I just wanted it to be perfect. So if you are still waiting for it, it is coming out soon. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been um, doing some videos and recording things and bits and pieces and yeah, helping good. lots of people. So not a lot's changed except I'm back here. Uh, but that's good. Yeah, it's good. So also, uh, have you got anything interesting? Any decent clients? Any good stories to tell? Or are you going to be just generally non-plus? Non-plus. Yeah. When am I ever non-plus? Where's the? Where's Might the be non-plus? tonight. Tonight, maybe tonight. Non-plus Could tonight. be non-plus tonight. Yeah. No, no. Um, I've I've been I've been helping people um online mainly. Um, but I have treated the odd 
uh, physical person here and there on my travels. I treated um, the odd person. I did you on Friday. You did do me. I'm a very <laughs> odd person. Uh, Steve's now helped me out with some of my stuff. Um, it's much easier to get someone to help you. Uh, than it is just try and do it on yourself when you're doing the deep-seated issues. Yeah, uh, You can do basic stuff on yourself. You can do a lot of things, but deep-seated stuff, we all have some things. And I've got him to help me out with a couple bits and pieces, which is was a new thing for me. So that was really good. So I'm yeah. really, he does it really well. Thanks, He's brilliant. Man. I can highly recommend him to people. Um, and I'm, I'm quite awkward to work with. I'm quite difficult to work with. Uh, certainly other therapists have been to in the past have found that out. Um, so well, I find uh, you quite easy compared to some of my clients. Be quite honest. You did say that, but yeah, I, I always think easy. I'm quite difficult. That's obviously a belief system. <coughs> yeah. Um, but no, I've been doing that and um, just working with people. I say I had um, I treated a lady with bladder pain. Uh, uh, I posted on my Facebook page, and she had bladder pain for over a decade. Yeah. And within six weeks, all the bladder pain was gone. And don't know she did brilliantly. I mean, she took the DTO system. She started using it herself and clearing her own triggers. So I was dealing with the deep-seated stuff, the the, the past stuff, and she was dealing with her, her, her triggers in the week, and she really took it under her skin and started using the technique. And within six weeks, all her bladder pain was gone. And then I followed up with her every two weeks to make sure nothing else had been re-triggered. Yeah. And, you know, she hasn't had a symptom come back again. Yeah. Uh, and that's I think that's a mistake though isn't it when you think you've healed and all of a sudden you get re-triggered in the environment and then it comes back and you think the thing hasn't worked but actually it's just something else that's re-triggering it yeah sometimes it happens sometimes you know as good as 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 we are you can have a trigger that is really subtle you can I mean some of her triggers were subtle and one of her triggers was a shower Uh, another one of her triggers was going shopping another one of her triggers was not being able to get a car parking space at the gym these are all very tr- subtle triggers, and a lot of triggers are subtle. And one of her sabotage, what we're going to talk about today, leads yeah. on quite nicely. Because when I was talking to her, originally when I we had the consult over the phone, you know, I said to her, with, with a chronic condition like this, you can have a, some sabotage run. And she said, well, that's really interesting, because anytime she's feeling good, like she has no she had no symptom for a day, she would then say to a friend, or a friend would go, how are you? And you go, well, actually, I'm feeling good today. And then literally in a few hours, she'd bring it back again. Yeah. And she actually recognises. Now, most people don't recognise this. Oh, it's happened to me all the time. Yeah, uh, and and it does happen to a lot of people. And if you're aware of it, that's great. But even if you're aware of it, well, yeah. you're still stuck with it. Yeah. And so she became aware of it when I told her about sabotage. And she actually realised, oh, my God, that's what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that she wasn't really experiencing symptoms. It means her unconscious was sabotaging her and making her feel like she didn't deserve to be healthy and well. And that's yeah. kind of what we're going to get onto today and she was really experiencing the pain and nobody really knew it was wrong she was diagnosed with multiple different things over the 10 years nobody really understood and but after a few weeks bladder pain all gone that that testimony is on my facebook page you can go to uh, uh my personal page jonathan shaw or you can go to the dto system and you can read the testimonial but no she's very happy that it's all yeah, gone. she's got a life back yeah because it used she couldn't go too far she couldn't do things without pain or urgency to pee or Things that, and she tried lots of things, but no, it's really worked for us. Yeah, that's really good stuff, mate. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I treated a guy with depression recently as well, and within a few weeks, um, he's had depression for about five years, and literally within four sessions, his depression's all gone, and he's fine, and he's back to feeling good again, and it's brought him close to his partner. Um, so, so yeah, so I've had some really good. Uh, but the bladder pain was the, the yeah, that's a really great. Not, I mean, that's a bladder pain's not something I treat on a regular basis. But it was, I have treated it before, 
but it was just a really good uh, thing for this woman. To yeah, well, it go, trying it, to get a life back. It goes back to just the cause and effect element again, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just a cause and effect. Just and, look at uh, the cause and effect. Every everything has a cause and effect, and that's what people don't realise. Everything I wrote this in my book. If um, I remember one day, uh, I was uh, I was going to uh, make a call in my mum and dad's old home. Yeah, and uh, the phone wasn't working, and so I'm thinking, well, what's causing this? And I looked down and found the wire was freight, was chewed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, well, the wire's chewed, but that's not actually the cause. What chewed the wire? So the wire being chewed was a symptom. That's yeah. why the phone wasn't working. But what caused the wire to be chewed? And it was actually my rabbit. <laughs> so my rabbit, if you know, I used to be a magician. I used to let my rabbit run around the house, and he would get under the office desk in my dad's little workstation, which was literally next to the kitchen, and he would just chew the wires. So once I found that out, obviously we stopped him doing that, we worked around it, and that was the cause. Did you make him disappear? No, I didn't make him disappear, no. Uh, I should have done, I should have gone, poof. And, uh, well, he was that, he was that he way inclined as well, was he? Was, yeah. not, that there's, not there's anything wrong with that. Uh, for those of you Seinfeld fans, you'll get that. Um, but um, no, that was the cause, and I wrote that in my book to kind of explain cause and effect. There is always a cause to an effect, but traditional medicine, they would look at the wire and go, well, that's what's causing it. They go, well, there's a, there's a glitch there. That, that's that's the problem. So they look in your anatomy or in your chemistry or in your biology and they go, well, the, the, it's been chewed. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Let's but fix you, that. But you can't fix that because you don't know what chewed it in the first place. Yeah. If you don't find out what chewed it in the first place, you can't fix it yeah. um, because you could put another wire there and it'll get chewed again. Yeah. And because you're Absolutely. not fixing the root cause. So you could change the wire constantly. You could change the phone. You could move home. <laughs> but if I took my rabbit with me, the same thing would happen again. Yeah. So you have to fix the root cause. And that, you know, that, that as soon as I stopped that, then the rabbit yeah. stopped This doing. is what I'd, so going back to what viruses are not, not a cause. Not a cause. No, it's not, not a, a cause. cause. It's a symptom. It's a symptom. Yeah. Whatever's happening in your body, whatever is going on in your body, yeah. whatever you've been diagnosed with, it's there to describe the pathology of what's happening in the body. So whatever symptom you have, whether it's a muscle tear, whether it's a kidney infection, whether, throat, whether it's a sore chest throat, infection, whether it's uh, a, your, your blood like, not flowing properly, you know, whatever it is, whatever you've been labelled, if you've got arthritis, if you've got polycystic ovaries, if you've got urinary problems, whatever the diagnosis, that is just a name that describes the symptom, the pathology of what's happening in the body. So when they say that to somebody else, another doctor, the doctor knows what you're talking about. It is not, I repeat, it is not a cause of the problem. And you can prove that really easily because if you get a medical dictionary, in 99% of cases, under every single disease, it says cause unknown. That shows you <laughs> that it's not a cause. Yep. It's right there in the medical dictionary. It's just a label for symptoms or rather better still what's actually happening in the body. Great. So when they say it's a tendon pull, well, they're looking at the tendon going, well, the tendon's been pulled. Fair enough. But what caused the tendon to be pulled? That's the important bit. What was the cause? Once you find the cause, you can address that and solve the problem. Yeah. And really a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's mental, emotional. It causes a biological response. Yes, well, the, the, the biological response is caused by the, 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 sorry, the mental is caused by the, biological response i don't like the word mental that's not what i mean but the, the the illness whether it's mental or physical it's a biological response in the body but even so something has triggered it something has started it yeah. 
the response didn't have on its own. And people say, oh, what about the chemical reaction? And I'm like, well, what caused the chemical reaction? The chemical reaction, yes, that happened in the body, and that's what the doctor sees. Yeah. So if you have depression, the doctor There's chemical might, imbalance. There's a chemical imbalance. Yeah, chemical but what imbalance. caused the chemical imbalance? Yeah. What triggered the chemical imbalance off? Yeah. The problem today is we think our bodies are stupid. We are taught that our bodies are broke, they break, they damaged, and we think they're not sensible, they're not in control for some reason. That's not how our bodies work. That is not how our bodies function. Our bodies are super intelligent, super smart, and it knows what it's doing, but it's not always logical. And if you understand it's not logical, that it's biological, and you understand that, then you can change the response. You can switch off the fight and flight, and the, the illness goes away. It's not just for men yeah, uh, mental illnesses or emotional problems. It's for all physical health problems. And that's how I did the lady with a bladder. She it, The bladder problem, that they looked at a bladder and went, well, this is what's happening. You're getting pain. We don't know why. But from a, a, a better point of view, which is the, the, the model I follow, it's a not being able to mark your territory. Yeah. So she couldn't mark her territory. So she's getting this urgency to pee and this pain when she when she was trying to mark her territory. But unfortunately, it spilled into lots of her territories. It's spilled into the shower because that triggered the past memory of when she couldn't mark her territory. So it's nothing to do with the actual shower. The shower was triggering the past negative memory yeah. when she couldn't mark her boundaries with the person that was the problem. And then it spilled over into her life of not being able to make decisions. So she was worried when she goes home that if she got the wrong decision, something would happen in her territory because of her past. So all these were territory issues where she felt she couldn't mark her boundaries. And once we switched those off and we switched the, the core memories off, gradually over the weeks the pain got less and less and less yeah. and then we switched the sabotage off <clears> which was her lack of deserving which we're going to get to in a moment because that was the most important thing to switch off first once we switched that off then the pain just stopped and she was able to tell people and her family can't believe the change in her, her family can't believe uh how how she's changed so quickly and they're thrilled for her obviously they're thrilled for her but they can't they she tells me they just can't believe the difference which is fantastic yeah, no, that's great, great, mate. And so, um, so anything else you want to share? I mean, um, apart uh, from that, what you're just doing, Sherry? Ben, yeah, that's an important distinction. Thank you, Sherry. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. Um, uh, so Sherry just said that's an important distinction. Um, yes, that is. Thank you very much, Sherry. Hello, uh, Sherry. So Sherry is a, also a mental health practitioner, uh, coach, and she works with my mentor Richard Fluke, who taught me mental health. Okay. at the time uh, she's an amazing lady um and she helps loads of people all the time with different problems i can't remember what what you specialize in sherry you might need to just remind of you so we can uh, let them know what you specialize in um but uh no i met sherry when i was learning mental health which is the diet the analysis of the biological response yeah. which is every organ in the body responds to a different biological response yeah and that's how i'm able to solve things like bladder pain or how we uh, absolve anxiety and depression because we look for the biological response, not the mental and emotional. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about something slightly different, which is sabotage, which is not part of the, the, the meta. It, it's something that, that I, now I'm not saying I wasn't taught about the sa sabotage. Well, I wasn't taught sabotage. I was taught about the two emotions that cause sabotage, but I wasn't taught it in this way. And so I learned over a few years of doing DTO that one of the biggest conflicts I was dealing with in people was a lack of not deserving, not feeling good enough. Yeah. And I never knew where that came from. And I'd always look for memories where we felt we didn't deserve. Like we, I would look for why we felt we didn't deserve, but it didn't really work. Not certainly me. It wasn't very thorough. And I 
suddenly learned through asking questions, I learned what, where that actually comes from. And it actually comes from our sabotage and these two responses. Yeah. Um, so if you are watching this, we're going to cover sabotage, why you might be sabotaging your health and wellness, why you might be sabotaging your success in your work, why you might be sabotaging making more money, why you might be sabotaging your relationships. Yeah. Uh, sabotage happens in all walks of life and it doesn't happen to be big things. It can be little things as well, just like connecting with your children or um, having friends or it, things it, like it that. It would also, it also extends out to when you want to take action. So if you have want to start up a business or if you yeah. want to go to the gym, or even if you want to ask someone out on a date or, or a whole load of reasons, when we, we, when we can't have, or don't, we have an inaction against the action we want to take Yeah, underneath that. 99 times out of 100 times it'd be sabotage. It's a sabotage, yeah. yeah. And although these emotions are talked about, when I learned therapy, when I, I was doing all the EFT and theta healing, matrix re-imprinting and all that, obviously these two emotions were covered, but they weren't covered as our sabotage. They weren't covered as important emotions yeah. or responses. They were just emotions that were there. Yeah. They weren't pointed out to me. These are very important. And I, we are saying to you today, these are very important. Yeah. These are the things that when I was stuck, when I learned DTO, when I stumbled upon DTO, originally I only had the, fir, the, the four steps for changing things. But when I started looking deeper at my stuff and working out why I kept thinking negatively or causing bad things to happen yeah. in my unconscious, I suddenly realized this was the reason. And when I realized that and started to clear that, then my world changed. Just doing that alone changed my world. Just clearing these two things or finding memories where I had these things running, that changed my world. And that's why I'm where I am today and feeling better and met you and doing the podcast. Yeah. And, I mean, I wouldn't Portugal. have done this. I wouldn't have done this two years ago because uh, I had so much sabotage running. Yeah. And it's only since we've been clearing all the stuff and, you know, and I'm just getting better and better as time goes on that I don't really have any sabotage against it, really, to be quite honest, um, which is quite, which is interesting because. You know, I've had quite a busy day today myself. Um, and this afternoon, I had a young lady come over to me and she's having trouble with an ex-partner. Mm. And what's happening is she went, that ex-partner really needs to get out of the scene. But it's her sabotage that's stopping that. And it's now affecting her other relationship. So yeah. the ex is now still there. Yeah. And But her sabotage is now sabotaging this relationship because of the sabotage of this relationship. So there's two going on. So she's trying to sabotage this and she's sabotaging her relationship. So... Yeah. Um, and I identified that today with her um, and this afternoon. And uh, once I've got rid of that, and uh, now she's, you know, she's fine. She's great. And it's it resolved a big problem for her. And she's having a lot of depression because um, there was a lot of fear in the territory. Yeah. Because when the ex would turn up and with the uh, with the new fellow and all the rest of it, so there was a lot of fear going on. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was really good today for me. But that, again, just encompasses the sabotage and how it's really, and it's been affecting her for a while. Yeah, and it only took me about forty-five minutes to find it and get rid of it. So you know, um, yeah. So I've seen I've seen a lot a lot of that. I mean, I've had loads of new people in the last two weeks yeah. reaching out to me, and um, because obviously I think what's going on in the world right now, uh, everybody's sort of suffering to a certain degree. Um, yeah. That would be because of depression and anxiety, mainly the two. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's because they're feeling attacked and powerless because they can't do anything because of what's happening in their environment or their business. And obviously the depression element, because there's a loss conflict, the loss of freedom, the loss of money, the loss of all of these different areas. And so I think right now it's just really heightened up everyone's 
mental and emotional problems. And um, so I had a lot of people, I've had a lot of people, I mean, my phone hasn't stopped me. I mean, I'm completely booked up this week, completely. Um, So, um, and again, underneath most of that is generally, there's a lot of sabotage involved in that as well. Yeah, under all, all, any any emotion response, fear, anger, uh, worry, injustice, betrayal, hurt, grief, under all of those are the two responses that cause sabotage that we're going to, we're going to cover. And if you heard them before, I'm, I'm not saying them deliberately because we're going to reveal them in a minute. Um, but they are under every single response that I've ever heard from someone. These two responses exist and cause all the problems. And if you find that and switch these off, the problem will go away. So if for instance, you are, you are trying to clear something at the moment, let's say you're a therapist out there, you're listening, you're watching and you're trying to clear something, but it's not clearing. This will be why it's not clearing. That's what it was for me. I was trying to clear things and it wasn't clearing because this existed in my life. This is what made me feel I didn't deserve or wasn't good enough or shouldn't have what I want in life. Yeah. And they often, this is why Steve couldn't clear anything because I <coughs> Steve's issues was all of the, the sabotage that was stopping him. So once we started removing that, life just suddenly gets better naturally. Yeah. And your health gets so much better naturally as well, just sort of effortlessly. You don't have to do it. Depending on how much sabotage, I mean, Steve had a load of sabotage running. Yeah, I did. Um, and I had a fair amount, nowhere near what Steve had been through, obviously. Um, I say obviously, that's not obvious. But if you've listened to us before, you understand. <laughs> not obvious. No. That but, you've had more than me, is it? No, that's, well, it's not like, like it's tattooed on your forehead. Yeah. I'm fucked. <laughs> um, that's I, not the way that works. I, but, a, I was the, the, the lady that saw, I saw this afternoon, right? Yeah. Um, I said to her, I said, it's quite, she goes, well, how do you know all this stuff? I said, well, I said, I can generally find what it is. I said, because I've in, so far in two years, not one person has sat down there and said, this is happening in my life right now. And I've like, Oh, that's not happened to me. Yeah. Literally, hundreds of people they sit down, whatever they tell me is going on, go, Yeah, I've had that, I've experienced that, yeah, I've been that, I've had that. I've had everything, it's like I've had everything. Yeah, everyone is it's not one person yet that's come down and said, This is the problem that I've got, and I'm like, Oh, well, oh, well, I don't know where to, I've never not experienced that. Everything, everything, I've had everything that everyone's had, I've, I've experienced in my life, yeah. which is a good thing because it gives me the tool in the armory to be able to know where they're at and be a bit compassionate with it and get the problem. But um, yeah, every single person that comes and sits down in my chair and whatever problem they've done, it's happened to me or I've done it myself. So yeah, Steve's uh, been to a lot in his life. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and I haven't, I haven't been to that much, um, but I still have lots of issues. And, and, uh, and what is, is often struggle for some people is there are normally two types of people. There's a person who's been through so much, you can understand why they're messed up. And then there's someone like me who really has had a good upbringing, a good childhood, has had lots of nice things happen, but we're still not right. We're still not happy. Still, and and those sort of people certainly can feel guilty about that and feel ashamed about that because they, they haven't had feel as like much. That. They haven't had as much trouble, and they no. shouldn't feel like that. And yeah. they shouldn't feel like that. Whereas see, at least for someone like Steve, you can see why they're messed up because of the trauma they've been through. So if you are watching this and you're like, "Well, I haven't been through trauma. I don't. I don't know. There's not a lot happened to me." That's not how it works. It's not, it doesn't, you don't have to have been through explosions and fireworks and lots of trauma and the, yeah. the, the experiences that are quite sometimes uh, the, the difficult thing, in life. The thing is, and I want to make this clear to everybody, like, yeah, I've had loads of stuff. I've had a lifetime of it, right? And now that stopped when I started doing this because it changes everything. Yeah. But I want people to sort of understand that regardless of the event, the response is the same. Yes. So, the emotional response to an event 
whether it be, let's say, for example, you drop a pint of milk and it smashes and you're around somebody else's house, right? And then you feel guilty about that, right? That guilt response is no different to the guilt response I might have had because of something that happened to me in a really traumatic situation. Yeah, all right? Yeah, exactly. It's the, it, the, it, the, the, the intensity of the event is irrelevant because the response is just guilt. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you felt guilty because you robbed a bank and done a, stole a million pounds and got caught or whether you dropped a pint of milk. Mm. Now, to some people, they might not understand that, but ultimately the response is just a guilt response. doesn't matter on the intensity of that. It's just a guilt response. And so whether you've had a small event or a large event, the impact of that sabotage will still have the same effect. Yeah. The same, whether it's a shame or a guilt or whatever it is, it's exactly the same. And, and that's what people might misinterpret when they think, oh, well, this, I haven't gone through he has, and so therefore I shouldn't feel this way. Well, that's actually, a, that's not true mm. because guilt is guilt. Whether it's you drop a pint of milk or you rob a bank, the guilt's exactly the same. And all you need to do is go and find that guilt, remove the guilt, and then it goes. So uh, there is a bit of a misconception around that. And that's the same for all emotions. Uh, when I've worked with people, and if I hadn't been through what someone been through, I, I will be honest, well, I've never been through that, but I understand the feelings you're going through about it because we've all experienced the same feelings. We've all experienced anger, frustration, guilt, shame, injustice, yeah. betrayal, hurt, unless you've been living in a box. Uh, and then you'll be experiencing a loan response. Um, but um, Or you're so thick-skinned, it just goes on just and you don't off. care. Yeah. I know and a few people which, like that. Which is, is totally possible, but most of us experience all those emotions because that's being human. Uh, but what triggered those emotions is largely irrelevant. It's just how you're feeling that you need to change and switch off. I'm not putting down what everyone's been through. I'm not putting down Good. what everyone's Thanks. had happen to them. But... <laughs> but after it's happened, you should then not be feeling those responses. But it's only how you're feeling that's the problem. And once you can change how you're feeling, then you can move on from it and let it go. And then you feel so much better. Yeah. Um, but at the bottom of it are these two responses. Now, I'm hoping you all now know what these two responses are because you've mentioned them in the last five minutes. Yeah. So if anyone's watching and listening right now, type in what you think these two emotions are before we actually say it. Just message us and go, what... State the two emotions you think are what cause sabotage. So if you're watching this and you've seen this before, you should know. I know you weren't expecting a test because we didn't put a test out there. We, um, But we will be grading you and marking you later on. <laughs> and if you fail, then we're going to sack you yes. uh, and get rid of you. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, but if any of you guys out there know what the two responses are that cause sabotage, then post that now and we'll reveal them in a minute. Um, but no, Steve's right. The emotional response is the same under any scenario. It may be slightly more intense under different scenarios. Yeah. And you may say, oh, well, my situation's worse. But that's not really, when it comes to feelings and thoughts, that's not how it really works. I just want to say, I think that was the worst thing you could have done, mate. We've just had 78 people, people drop just off. drop off. Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. They, they wasn't impressed. Mate, oh, God, because I said I was going to sack them. And I, I mentioned <laughs> the test. yourself. 78 yeah, they, people drop off because they're too ashamed that they don't know yeah, exactly. what the sabotage is, yeah. which is sabotage in itself. They just sabotage it themselves, don't <laughs> they? They're all dropping off like that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. um, so, no. So, okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, it's guilt and shame. So the two responses are guilt and shame. And uh, what I find is that if you dig under, or what means Steve finds, and you dig under the, the anger, the fear, the injustice, the betrayal, the hurt, underneath that there will be a hidden guilt and shame so it's yeah. not about necessarily things you've done that you feel guilty about because that's quite obvious so if you nick something when you was younger or 
you did something that you know was quote-unquote wrong when you was younger that your mum and dad didn't like and you went yeah. against it. You know you're guilty about that. But often guilt and shame is hidden under anger, resentment, and normal everyday responses. And we don't know that we're feeling guilt and shame about that thing that's happened or about what the person did or said. Because sometimes it's not what we've done that's making us feel guilty and ashamed. It's our beliefs about yes. what we're thinking or feeling or what we should think and feel. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some sometimes guilt and shame is in the guise of, well, I should know better than this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah. So you might feel guilty about that. Yeah. You I might think feel also, ashamed that you allowed something to happen. Yeah, also I think that's what keeps us stuck in situations as well from moving on. Yeah. For a job, for example, or a relationship. You know, it's not working. But your guilt and shame keeps you stuck. You feel guilty about hurting the other person. Yeah. Uh, you feel ashamed about um, wanting to move on or maybe yeah. hurting your children. Yeah. Um, you can feel guilt and shame. You might have a religious belief that says that it's wrong to do that. And so you'll feel guilt and shame over that. I treated a guy um, a couple of years ago now, a lovely, lovely bloke. And he was stuck in a relationship uh, that had been that had been over for a long time. I mean, yeah. you know, in his own words, it had been over. They were still living together, but it had been over. And he wanted to move on, but he was worried about his kids. And there was lots of guilt and shame around his kids. But he just wasn't happy. He was absolutely miserable. And he was he felt so bad about telling his partner. Uh, but what we did is we switched off the guilt and shame around telling his partner. And then all of a sudden, once we switched all that off, uh, it just sort of came up. He didn't have to bro approach it. He didn't have to – it just sort of came up in the conversation – and when they finally talk and communicate with each other, yeah. she felt exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, which, you know, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe mm. that it came up really easily. He didn't have to force it. But it's because we switched off his guilt and shame around yeah. it. So then that created a different energy, which brought up an opportunity that previously wasn't there. And it just flowed naturally. And actually, she felt the same way as well. Yeah. Um, so then everything worked out in the right way. And we yeah. switched off some guilt and shame around his kids after that. Yeah. And But his kids were absolutely fine because he wasn't bailing on his kids. Yeah, I mean, the he thing wasn't... is, the thing is, is, and I know this from my from previous experience from people that I work with, is that the kids know. Yes. The kids oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you might stay there because you think you're doing the wrong thing, but you got to remember they're far more in tune in yeah. with their subconscious than they are. And, and the thing is, is they know and they understand and they pick up the vibrations and they feel it and they're aware of what's going on. And it actually has a negative impact on them, even though you think you're having a positive impact on them. Yeah. And it causes damage later on in life because subconsciously their perception of how mum and dad is, is going to model their beliefs and behaviours in relationships. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem with it. And that's why we have to be very, very that's why we have to be careful, because um, if you're brought up in a very unloving, very critical relationship, then their model of a relationship is that's how you are. Yeah. That's that's what that's what relationships are. That becomes the norm. So we have to be very careful when we're in them situations that our guilt and shame don't keep us stuck there for our own personal well-being and health. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, but for our children's benefit and well-being and health, for health, for them to know what healthy relationships and how to be in a healthy relationship. Yeah. I mean, one of the key things. I mean, when I interviewed Bobby. Now, Bobby is one of our clients and she's put some stuff on Facebook. She's an amazing girl. Bobby, we love you. You're an awesome uh, individual. But I interviewed her in my garden and <clears throat> the, the, she had a brain tumour, which she was able to heal herself. Yeah. Now, the defining factor in that which caused that was a toxic relationship. That was the one thing that she, you know, we would say, don't we make things OK that aren't OK? But that 
amongst other things, but it was that toxic relationship that made her react and respond internally to cause a conflict that creates that, which created that tumor. Yeah. Once she got rid of that relationship and she started doing changing her diet and her health and all the rest of it, she healed from it. But it's just going to show you that when you stay in a toxic relationship for too long, I'm not saying it's going to happen for everybody. Trust me, it doesn't. But in her case, that was what was the catalyst of her actually getting a brain tumor in her pineal gland. You know, it was yeah. one of the main things. And she's just so amazing, Bobby. And, um, you know, to be able to heal from that. And she did everything, you know, and she managed to heal it and it's not come back. But yeah. the point I'm making is, is that that's what we have to be very, very careful of. And it'll be our sabotage that keeps us stuck in those situations. Yeah, and and um, just to point out <clears throat> that uh, not everyone who's in a toxic relationship is going to have that symptom. <laughs> uh, it, it is a, a yeah, the it biological just... response in the body uh, is based on your perception of what's happening. Correct. If you perceive the relationship differently, you're going to have something different. But it's a very important thing that uh, that Steve points out because your environment is also very important. If you're in a toxic environment, if you're in a situation that is toxic, you have to remove yourself from the situation you can do all the clearing in the world but if you keep putting yourself back into the toxic environment yeah. you're going to sabotage yourself either with some kind of illness and disease or just not being successful being unhappy being miserable i've got that with a client right now who has been we've been working on it for months around an issue with a parent and the problem is this is that i clear most of it and then she'll go back back into the and environment she lives with her mum and then it all gets really triggered and she comes back and we're going round and round and round in circles yeah and um and so we you know i i have pointed that out that we're not can't really go any further until you remove yourself from that from the environment that's right you have to remove yourself from, sometimes you can clear it and and the environment clears up yeah but if the environment or the people in your environment is causing a problem that's who they've been for many many years and that's just the way they are being right now i don't believe anyone is actually like that generally but if that's how they're being they're being toxic they're being uh, they're unhealthy for you you have to move away from that person uh, or those people to be able to move forwards. Um, I remember one of my my friends. She was telling me that she she used to dabble in drugs when she was younger, and she couldn't stop doing it while she's around those people. She had to remove herself from those people before she could stop doing it because she would just get re triggered all the time. She'd go around their house and they'd be smoking whatever they were smoking, uh, or doing whatever they're doing, and it would just re trigger back into the process. Yeah, again. we become like the five people we hang around with the most. Yes, exactly. So be careful who you hang out with. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so, so you're screwed, then, mate. I am. I know. Tell <laughs> me about it. Mate. Um, yeah, I'm hanging around with Andy Cap. That's not. Um, <laughs> it's not good. Um, no, yes. so just, for those of you who don't know who Andy Cap is, it's a British sitcom. Um, so um, go and look it up on YouTube. Um, so uh, I love him really. I'm just joking. Um, sometimes I love him too much. Oh no, um, I'm so. joking. Um, so no, your environment's very, very important. And you remember when I when I when I met you? I mean, you were not the cheeky chappy you are now. No. You he was inside, um, but he's not. When I, was I first broken, met him, mate. he was broken. <laughs> was I broke. wouldn't have chosen to hang out with Steve when he was first broken because yeah. he was not a the cheeky chappy fun person that I know him to be, which is why we hang out so much and why he's now my business partner. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that wouldn't have been a healthy environment for me. But now hanging out with me is great because he's fun. He's more he's himself. And he's a good laugh, and he's also very smart, knowledgeable, and he's fantastic at what he does. So, do you want a piece of chocolate? I do, thanks. How do you know? <laughs> I was edging for that. Uh, I wasn't going to sabotage. It doesn't take it. much to get a few no. compliments out of you, mate, but I appreciate it. Uh, so, no, I mean it. No, thanks. Um, 
sometimes when I pay a compliment, I've been told I sound patronising. I don't mean to sound patronising. I don't want people to think that I paid you to say that, so I wanted to do it live. Uh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. Bought, bought, yeah. bought there with a piece of yeah, chocolate. Yeah, he just bought me a chocolate to say that, so I'm just nibbling on chocolate. Yeah. Shut up now. <laughs> but your environment's very important. I've treated a few people where they wouldn't change their environment, and sometimes if you don't change the environment, you can't solve the problem. Yeah. And that is sometimes the trickiest part. I mean, I had one guy once, and he was suffering all sorts of problems. And we reduced his symptoms. Anxiety was one of them. And we reduced his symptoms. But the problem was his work. Now, he was actually the boss. He owned the company. He did not need to be there. He could employ people, which he did have, and trust the staff to do it. But he would not, for whatever reason, he would not do what I was asking him to do and leave and back away from the company. He owned it. He had no reason to be there. But he felt an obligation to his parents, I think, and he... Uh, he wouldn't let me switch that off. He wouldn't let me change it. He felt a strong obligation, and that just kept him stuck. Um, and it's partly due to relationship he was in as well. And he just he just sort of stayed stuck. And I, I don't know how he's there. I hope he's fixed it. I hope he's resolved it. Because yeah. I don't like to think of anyone unwell. But if you don't resolve the environmental situation, you can have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so let's sort of move on to some more specific mm, some more specific uh, points of where sabotage actually works. So, yeah. um, you know, we've talked about relationships. You know, we, you know, that's one of the key things I think why we keep why sabotage is a big player for me mm. and for everybody. Uh, but also, uh, sabotage can happen in, for example, let's say uh, when it comes to your personal health or or, or fitness. Yeah. Um, for example, so for example, going to the gym, you might think, you know, we all say, right, that's it. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to change my life, and I'm going to go down there and work out. Be like me. Yeah. Um, but and it's the thing, you see, in back in the day, I would go and do the gym for a week, and then I'd stop. Yes. And sabotage would kick in. So yeah. now I'm going consistently four times a week because the sabotage isn't there. That's right. So so if you're doing, if there's something that you want to do, and you maybe start doing it, and then you stop, or you think about that's what I want to do. So you're sitting on your sofa, and you go, do you know what? Tomorrow night, I'm going to go and join the gym, and I'm going to really do it. And then it comes around at five o'clock tomorrow evening, and you're like, oh, actually, I need to iron the thing, and oh, I've got to go. Damn, I've got to go and uh, drop the kids off. I need to yeah. go and see my sister. Oh, my friends just phoned, and they want me to help move house. Um, all of that is sabotage. Yes. Yeah. All of that is sabotage. So if you're finding yourself not doing the things that you want, sabotage is kicking in, and that will be a lack of self-worth, which is generally guilt and shame about yourself or a case of not deserving. Well, if you're making excuses for why you can't do something, or even worse, you keep finding things are getting in your way, which are external things. So you go to do something, but something happens, your sister calls you up and wants your help. The kids are screaming. Your partner does this and this. Yeah. If things are getting in your way, you're actually creating that. You're actually generating that in your environment. If it's happening all the time consistently, if it happens a one-off, no. But if it's happening more than two or three times, four or five, it keeps happening. You are then creating that because of your guilt and shame, your sabotage. That's law of attraction kicking in. Yeah, and then your law of attraction kicks in, so you attract the thing to stop you. But it often will come down to, you know, if you want to improve your life, if you're surrounded by people who don't improve their lives, you could feel guilty about doing better than the people around you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could feel shame about... Um, doing something and you might be worried about what they're going to think you know if you suddenly make more money and your friend you know my, my one of my mates used to rib me all the time when i was an entertainer I was I'm, for those who don't know i used to be a magician i'm sure you do know and i when i first started i worked seven days a week building that business but after a while i backed out because i actually had a nervous breakdown when i was 21 doing working seven days a week and i didn't need to do that so i backed it down and i worked four days a week in the end 
and I enjoyed my life. And my one of my mates, he used to rib me. You know, I said, been to work, he'd go work. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a bit of a hobby for you, isn't it? A bit of work. <laughs> and I took it as a joke. Um, and he was joking. He was teasing. Um, but um, because he worked, he was a lorry driver, travelled all over the place. Yeah, that's proper work, mate. He's a great bloke. He's a great bloke. But he would tease me about that, thinking that what I did wasn't work. And actually, it was very, very hard work. And um, so that could have had a negative impact on me because I could have listened to that and gone, oh, well, I, I should be Oh, no, you're not more. good enough. And, I should, uh, should making, do something else. I, well, I should be making more. I should be making less money or yeah. I should be working more yeah. for that money. And if that's happening to you, if you've got someone in your life who is ribbing you on a consistent basis about improving your life or doing well, uh, then you either need to get rid of that person or switch it off, switch off how it's affecting you because that will then cause you to sabotage yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll a, take on those beliefs. You'll take on the belief. That's right. You'll take the you'll belief, take on the belief on, on and think you're doing something wrong just by being successful. Yeah. And that happens a lot with success. I tell you the one of the things, sabotaging your happiness is probably right up there bigger yeah. than anything else, is that people want to be happy and anything that makes them or takes them towards their happiness, yeah, relationship, job, um, uh, personal development or whatever, or anything, once they start going there, they still feel so guilty that they're happy because everyone else isn't that they then sabotage it and bring themselves back down into a negative state. Or yeah. not everyone, but the vast majority will sabotage their happiness yeah. because they don't deserve it or they, because their environment means it, it means they're different. You know, it means that, yeah, it happens all the time. I had a lady, you know, recently I was clearing her depression. She's had depression for a very long time, and we were clear. Sometimes she feel better, and next week she was crying all the time again. She was mm. depressed. And well, we, I was working with you, mate. It was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have that effect on women. Um, and um, uh, they cry consistently. And that's all right. That's why I say I say that all the time. But I was well like, and she's she's still depressed. And I'm like, this is not right. So basically, I, I just asked her, you know, what it's what's stopping from being happy. I asked her a slightly different question, but ultimately, she was sabotaging happiness. Yeah. So it was nothing to do with being depressed. It had nothing to do with what was causing depression. She was actually making herself feel shit and going back to the depressed feeling because she felt guilty about being happy because the people around her weren't happy. Yeah, absolutely. Because people yes. in the world Well said. That's exactly happy. what I wanted to say. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. So, I said it so see, that's why you keep me. Because I'm eloquent. why I keep you. I'm eloquent and I'm good with my words. Yeah, I'm tired. Uh, words. I am tired. Yeah, you're tired. I know. It's I okay. am tired. So I've had um, busy maybe, time. That, maybe that cap's heavy. You might want to take it off. It's no, like I don't. down on your head. No, I've had a meeting this morning and then I've worked this afternoon and then blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, I just blah. feel knackered. He's tired. Feel He's knackered. tired. I'm not in my tip tops. Do you want to go to a little sleep? Want to get a pillow? Uh, I don't know whether it's actually that or if I'm sabotaging this podcast. You could be sabotaging the podcast. <laughs> in fact, another 78 people just dropped off while <laughs> we had that conversation. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, but no, this once I switched off that sabotage about being happy with that lady, she's not been depressed or anxious since. Uh, and now we're working on some of the physical issues she's going through. Yeah. But that was the actually the root cause of depression. Well, the root cause was the things that happened in the past. But she'd anchored it to sabotaging her happiness because yeah. she didn't, and also her mum wasn't happy. So yeah. that was part of it as well. Even though her mum had passed, she was sabotaging, going, well, I shouldn't be happy. Mum wasn't happy. Yeah. And that can be a big issue as well. Yeah. The other issue, another thing as well is that I'll just uh, jump in there. You talk about anxiety and the sabotage is that some people will, uh, will have some sort of an anxious sabotage. So let's say I want to, we're all going out for a meal tonight. 
Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, just, you know, an hour or two before, it's like, oh, all of a sudden you all start feeling anxious about it or whatever. Yeah. And that's your sabotage kicking in. Or you'll come up with, oh, I can't. I've got, the kids have got school and I haven't got, I've heard so many people do that over the yeah, years. I know. About, you go, well, every time you'll ask, you know who you can go and ask a specific person. They go, yeah, definitely. I'm up for that. Yeah. Sounds great. Wicked. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then you can guarantee two days before, go, oh, you won't believe it. More, Auntie Maureen's just come down from York and we've got a family do and, you know, oh, you yeah. see it all that all the time. But, again, that's just sabotage kicking in. And it's just sad, really, because you're missing out on fun, you're missing out on socialising, you're missing out on meeting new people, having new friends, whatever. Yep. And that's generally a sabotage that's kicking in. So if you're not – if you find yourself not going out uh, to uh, meals or parties or going out for drinks or even just social gatherings – um, you normally find it will be a sabotage that's uh, generally kicking in. Yeah. And anxiety is a, a, a tied into that because I hear a lot of people say, oh, all of a sudden, just before they're meant to come out, anxiety will kick in. Yeah. Now, that sabotage might, might not be the anxiety. It might be another issue, but yeah. that is acting as a sabotage. As a sabotage. Yeah. And, and people have, uh, I believe I've spoken about before, people have an upper limit on what they'll accept in their lives. And I learned this from a guy called, Gay Hendricks, um, who's a, an author, a psychologist, psychologist, I believe, in America. And he wrote yeah. a great book called The Upper Limit Problem. And basically, everyone has an upper limit of what they'll accept. That goes for emotions as well. So we have a, a, a limit of how happy we'll allow ourselves to be. And then once we reach that limit, we'll sabotage it and bring it back down again. So that girl with a bladder problem, she would only allow herself to not have the bladder problem for a day and then she'd sabotage it yeah um if, so if you find this lady uh with the depression she would allow herself to feel happy for a day and then sabotage it so if you find that you're doing something but you're hitting a plateau you're hitting a ceiling uh, and you can't push through that it could be income that could be well-being that could be health health anything uh, it yeah. could be mental state it could be uh anything really whatever you're you're trying to achieve but you keep hitting a plateau that's because you have an upper limit problem. So you've reached your upper limit and you're going to bring it back down again. Yeah. And it's very common with money. It's very common with happiness. Yeah. It's very common with that health and with on, on nearly all of my, all of the things what happened with yeah. me. When I look back now, knowing this and I look back, especially with the money element and the happiness element and all the stuff that, that was definitely, for, definitely, for, definitely for me. Yeah. And the thing was, is that when I had that massive crash, I had to rebuild all that again because my self-worth had crashed to such a level that even when I'd got to just a, a, a small percentage of what I was earning, I'd sabotage that yeah. because my self-worth had gone so down. So there's a lot of work yeah. that needs to be done. So if you are experiencing stuff like that, then you do really need to do the work because otherwise you're in a perpetual cycle Yeah. and you're stuck. And you start getting more and more down and depressed and frustrated because you know what you want, but every time you reach there, you bring yourself back, and yeah. then you'll reach yourself and you go, "I can't, I can't get out of it." And, and people, problems. people think that that's life. All right, so I want to make a very clear distinction. Yeah, that's not life. So people just go, "Oh, it's just life. Life sucks. Yeah. That always happens to me." I'm unlucky. I'm unlucky. Yeah, yeah I'm unlucky. Yeah. Uh, and people just believe, "Oh, you know, God hates me." Um, whatever it is. Uh, but it's actually not. It's actually your unconscious sabotage. You're not doing it consciously. Yeah. It's you're not, not even aware of it. You're not aware of it. Yeah. You're not going, I'm going to feel shit today. You're not doing that. It's in the back of your brain. It's a belief or a thought or a memory that's being triggered that says, that, that's making you feel guilt and shame and then goes, well, I feel guilty and shamed about this. So I don't deserve, I don't deserve, I'm not good enough to have or want this because of what I did in the past or what happened in the past that I feel guilt and shame about. Yeah. 
And that is how that works. Your guilt and shame in the back of your mind is making you believe that you're not good enough because you did something wrong, that you made a mistake. You're pointing at me? Yeah, I'm pointing right at him. He's done it. It's his fault. <laughs> My fault. Come and get him. Um, no, I was pointing here. I was like... I was responsible for everyone's... For yeah, everything, it's him. He's like, responsible. Whoop. We'll just switch him off. Switch It'll be me. fine. Yeah. Um, there's a switch to the back of his head. Yeah, but the other thing as well is that you could have mind doing that if you'd have really. I mean, that would have been really. I'm good. live. I'm not going to do if, that. Am you I? Should have just got <laughs> and just switched off. Okay, that would have been really good. Well, like I mean, C-3PO. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have done a quick one. Yeah. Uh, um, no, so I was going to say something. Um, I don't know what you're going to say. No, but the, the thing is, is that you know when we have all this running, we only really have one life, and when we, really? not, yeah, we only have one life. We only have one crack at it, and. I hear so many people that go through life and they say, yeah, they get to 65 or 60 or whatever, 70. Oh, if I had my life, if I had it, I'd do it all again. Yeah. And that's because the missed opportunities that they had, that they didn't take because their sabotage was probably what's stopping them. Yeah. And so I just encourage people to really go for what you want. And if, if there's something getting in the way from the thing that you really, really want, then you need to obviously John, me, or anybody that deals with this and get rid of the guilt and shame. Because as yeah. soon as that goes, as soon as you get rid of that, you will have and achieve what it is you want in your life. Now, then you need to look at the upper limit level as well. So, um, and a lot of this is all subconscious programming from naught, from one naught to seven and what we take from our environment, from the TV, from our friends and the people that we hang around with and, uh, and our beliefs from generally from our parents as well. So, um, so, the reason I say that is because don't go through your whole life and get to a point in life where you, I wouldn't say you've got regrets, but you haven't lived to your full happiness. We get one crack at this life. And if we're not yeah. really doing or being the best that we are or having the things we are, then it's a bit of a travesty that you've been given this opportunity to live a life and never really live it to its full benefits or maximum capacity, I suppose, in whatever area of life it is. Yeah. And and a lot a lot of people think that that's fear that's holding them back. They, they think that they're frightened to do something or they're told, oh, you're just frightened to do something. A lot of therapists say, oh, it's fear. Well, actually, under that fear is guilt and shame. Uh, and it's always, always guilt and shame is under that fear. So actually, it's not really the fear holding you back. Now, if you can switch the fear off, that's fine. If your fear is gone and you switch it off, that's great. If you are feel it's fear causing the problem, like you're frightened to step out of your comfort zone, you're frightened to move. Make decisions. You're frightened to make decisions. Actually, and and you and by trying to get rid of the fear, it's not working. That's because underneath that is a guilt or a shame, or multiple guilts and shames. Yeah. And that's where I certainly got stuck with some of my fears and my worries. They weren't switching off by going to the fear. So when I learned about guilt and shame, I went under the fear to find out what was there, and then the fear. So I don't even bother trying to switch fear off anymore. I just go to the guilt and shame. Yeah. And you don't push through the fear. Like I, all don't, the, I don't like try all to force these, it. These amazing coaches out there, you just need to push through the fear no. and repetition yeah. and torture yourself. No, I'll never do that because that can actually have a negative effect on you because yeah. then what happens is, so a lot of a lot of coaches in and business coaches and things <laughs> push, they through, push the through the fear. fear. I know. And, and I've, I've treated people with business blocks um, and mm-hmm. and they've, they've one of my clients, she, she was having a business coach and because she wasn't doing what he wanted, he almost berated, berated her, berated, yeah, berated, berated her in. Oh, I'm good. I'm that's good for me. Berated, where the toilet paper was working. Yeah, uh, and he almost berated her in front. You of don't the want other berated people. toilet paper, mate. That'd no, I don't. Quite that's quite harsh. Um, no, <laughs> excuse me. 
knackered. So he berated it in front of the other people on the training and made her feel down uh, because she couldn't do what he wanted to do because she was in fear about it. And once I switched that off, she just did things naturally and her business improved. She didn't do what she was told to do. She just did what worked for her. And again, that's a big problem. People always do try and do what they're told or get advice. But actually, if you switch off your blocks, you just do what works for you and it will work for you. Because you can name anything out there and everyone has a different idea on how to do it. Yes. uh, On how to make it work with, with action steps. Do this and it'll work. No, do this and it'll work. No, do this and it'll work. That's all worked for them. Every different method has worked for them. The difference is that works for them and they had no block to doing it. So they just did it. You don't know what works for you until you switch off your block. Then you'll find what does work for you and you'll just do it. Genius. Well said. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, because I see so many people saying that this is a tried and tested method. You need to do this and this and this. And that's exactly the reason why it works for those people. They go, well, I've just spent five grand on a course and this person's got 97 businesses and earning all this money, but I can't do it. No. And then they don't do it and they give up. The sabotage kicks in and that's because it's because of the blocks and the stuff that gets in the way. Yeah, absolutely. I see it all the time. And and I fell into that trap many years ago when I was trying to climb the ladder and be, you know, be Richard Branson. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's what was that's what life was all, all about. All about yeah. yeah, have no friends, have loads of money. Yeah, exactly. Car, be a dick, and yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now just, you got no friends. Now you got no friends and no money. What's, no, I'm joking. Yeah, so he's, he's got lots oh, of friends. Right, um, right. So, <laughs> and I'm still a dick. Like, yeah, well, no, no, um, uh, no, he's not. Oh, no, no, that's not. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Enough oh, for that. Enough for that. Um, so. Uh, no, that, that is what sabotage things. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. be mindful of that. You know, you can, you can, once you clear your blocks, you'll know what to do. It's just a question of clearing your blocks and then clearing the sabotage and getting out of the way. Yeah. So if you think you're frightened, don't push through the fear because that will make it worse. Don't get me wrong. There are some people who do push through the fear, but it's only minor fear. It's only small. If your fear is... Yeah, crippled. that's what makes you a man, bruv. Well, apparently you know I mean? so. Just push through it, you yeah. know what I mean? Don't be a blast. If it's just a little fear, you can overcome it. And a lot of people do. But if you are crippled with fear, if it's a big fear, you're not going to be able to do that. So that pushing through it, again, only works for some people because it's not huge. And perhaps they also have a really good environment with lots of support around them. And, and they have friends who can walk them through it or talk and help them out. If you're in an environment where you don't have that, and you've got a crippling fear, well, now you're fucked because you, you've got to change the environment and you've got to heal the response you're going through. Once you do that, then uh, then things will work out a lot easier. But the environment and then your beliefs are very, very important. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sam cousins, you're back. You're back. Oh, that's my cousin, Sam. Hey, Sam, I am back. Yeah. Uh, I'm back briefly. Uh, yes, I've been back for a couple of weeks. Um, but I've been sorting out some things. But yes, uh, I meant to message you. Uh, nice to see you. And Nia O'Donnell's come on. Hey, Nia. Uh, I'm back for a few weeks. Um, so uh, message me and we'll have a catch up. I've been so busy the past few weeks since I've been back, sorting different things out, uh, work-wise and things like that. I haven't had a chance to catch up with everybody. Sam, please just put a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, I'll speak to you soon, Sam. Uh, so, yeah, so, no, the fear, if if you're frightened, it's not fear. If you can't switch it off, if you're not able to let it go with, with the technique you're using, it's because of the guilt and shame under it. It might not be the technique that's wrong. 
it might, might not be a technique. It might shame. be because a lot of people that be watching this podcast probably aren't even getting help or no, probably not. No. And they're just sitting there. And the problem is, is they're going to want all this thing. They have all these desires. I want this. I want to do that. I want to be this. I want to be have that. A lot of people I'm working with now are really successful people that haven't got issues. They just know what they want to go to get in their life. Yeah. And they're on their journey getting there, but things keep getting in the way. And all I do is remove the thing that's stopping them. And they just get closer and closer and closer to their goal. Yeah. Um, and it's got nothing to do with, uh, you know, being depressed or anxious or having trauma or PTSD. This is just normal everyday life. So, and then the other thing as well is some people are so frightened of their feelings that as soon as they think of that thing and they have this feeling, oh, and it scares them and then they just, yeah. just run for the hills because they don't like feeling their feelings no you know and then you know and then that gets uh, exasperated to it being a big problem but actually it's probably only something really small but um yeah. you know some people just as soon as you start feeling shut it down they've got to well, live in the logical brain that, feelings do oh, no i don't i can't feel so logical that comes down to a couple of things jerry it comes down to being taught that our feelings are bad or our feelings are wrong uh, or learning that somewhere in your life uh, so you know one of my one of my friends she she learned through her childhood that that having emotions is bad and so she's tried to stray away from it all the time so when she goes to heal something she's so frightened the emotion that's coming up it, it blocks her yeah um but other people they've often like me for instance when i i didn't like the emotions i was experiencing when i was a teenager but didn't know how to deal with it so i went off in search of ways to deal with it and i found all these different therapies but when i learned these therapies i learned that having these emotions is bad that you shouldn't have them, you should get rid of them because mm. then you're going to get ill and sick. And this actually got stuck in my head. It was playing on a loop. And so I kept trying to do everything to switch these things off and heal myself. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, it's bad to have emotion. It's bad. It shouldn't be feeling this way. So that actually gave me a negative belief system. And it wasn't that having emotions or feeling emotions is bad. It's not. It's human. It's hanging on to the emotions for long periods of time. Or letting, them, or letting those drive your decisions Let, and your behaviours. Yeah. Because if you are running those, uh, that will, that's, again, it's a sabotage. Yeah. Uh, and it will drive your decisions and your behaviours. And then you won't act or do the thing you want because of the negative feeling. And that negative feeling and response will drive that behaviour. Yes. It will drive a negative behaviour because it's coming from a negative feeling or a negative response. Yeah. Now what you're going to do is the thing that you want, you've got a negative response because you're scared of it, and now you're going to completely sabotage going the thing because that's where it's coming from, and then you'll never get to where you want to go. Which so. is why I always say to my clients, never make a decision based in an emotional response. Yes. Uh, I went to something very recently, which is why I had to come back uh, from Portugal briefly, um, that was, was quite traumatic for me, and I had to resolve the issue. And I could have, I could have leapt into my sabotage um, and run away from the situation completely. I could have leapt into my sabotage and gone, oh, I'm not doing this any longer. I don't want to know yeah. because I've done that in the past in, this, in these particular situations. Um, and we all, <laughs> I'm human like everybody else. Uh, I all have, we all have issues and, and blocks. And I could have let that affect um, this particular situation. But I, I haven't. I've worked through it. I, yep. I've come through the other side. And so far, the situation is still going ahead and we're still just doing well. Uh, but I could have let that stop me. But I made the rule. I very rarely, 95% of the time, will not make a decision, certainly a life-changing decision, based on an emotional response. Because if you do that, it will be wrong. <laughs> Whatever you, And I've seen it with my clients time and time again. I had one lady I'll, come to I'll me. I'll guarantee that I did that. Yeah. I did that myself. Um, one lady came to me many years ago before I had DTO, and she came to me with huge, huge anxiety. And she's fine now. And she comments regularly on Facebook saying how much I helped her, and she's lovely. Yeah. So if you're listening, you know who you are. 
And when she first came to me, um, she she was living in a place. And she said, oh, it's the place, it's a problem. She was living in a place, yes. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> um So, <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to, trying to educate. I'm trying to be serious. Sorry. I'm trying to be professional. And you keep interrupting. <laughs> like a child. Um, so, so she was living somewhere in, a place. in her head. She's living in a place. <laughs> um, well, she wasn't living in a cod, was she? Or a haddock. She's living in a place. Yeah. But her place was dark and dismal. <laughs> And she thought it was contributing to her anxiety. So her bright idea was to move somewhere else. Mm. And I think it was about the third or fourth session in, she said to me, oh, I found this lovely place. It's like a communal home and there's loads of people. It's very light. And I said, whoa, whoa, please, please do not move. Because if you don't make this, if you move, you're going to have problems. Because you're still in that emotional response. She did not listen to me at that moment in time. She moved. And literally within a month, she was back to feeling that it was dark, it was dismal, it was dingy, yeah. because it was that was not a reality. No, it's the environment, it's not, not the issue. No, in that case, in that case, it wasn't the environment. Yeah. In that case, it wasn't the environment that was causing the problem, because it's not like there was someone around her hurting her or harming her, although they, that was one aspect. But they weren't living with her. It was just four walls. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with the four walls. That she could have lightened it any way she wanted to. Once we switched all that off, the new place then became lighter and she's happier living there. And she's so much happier now. Her anxiety's gone. She runs her own business, which she never did before. She took up, um, uh, not, I was going to say pole Kung dancing. Kung fu? Not, not pole dancing, maypole dancing oh, okay. and things like that. And, and she'll say pole dancing now. Um, and uh, so she started doing maypole dancing and she made friends. So her life has changed in lots of ways. But initially, because she didn't follow that advice to halt, and not make a decision based on emotional response, yeah. she ended up making what could have been a mistake, but we've changed it and it's okay now. So please, if you're if you're trying to solve a problem, I know that if I hadn't had that rule with myself that I never made a decision based on emotional response, I would have sabotaged the hell out of what's been happening with me recently. Yeah. I would have run away, escaped, yeah. but I don't want to do that anymore in that particular area of my life. I want to change that. And again, if you want change in your life you have to change your behaviors and actions change or nothing will change Change or nothing will change Say it all the time um so so that's why steve's been helping me out recently with that particular issue because it was a deep-seated issue and i need to help us resolve it and that's helped a lot because that's allowed me to see more clearly it's allowed me to see more of the truth instead of a fight and flight response because i was just in fight and flight yeah um, well, basically, you just all of the stuff you'd made up about it. You yeah, just made exactly. up loads of bollocks. And the problem is, is that you made up all this bollocks because of the perception of the time of the event. Uh, you've made up a load of bollocks. You believe that bollocks now, and now that's your reality. But in yeah. reality, it's not your reality. That's not what's happening. No, that's and that's a false reality. And I had all it's these fears reality. and all these worries. It literally came down to lots of guilt and shame over yeah, it, didn't it? Uh, and things I wasn't finding as well. And although I say DTO, you can use DTO yourself to help a lot of things, and you can. With a deep seed issue like this, it was difficult for me to find it. So Steve has done a brilliant job in in yeah, helping me sort yeah. of unmess my head on yeah. that scenario. Um, so you know, hopefully now it's all going to move forward in the right direction. Yep. And I'm moving forward to that, and that's great. But I could have sabotaged it. So so please don't make a decision based on an emotional response. Yeah. It does not work. That's why prisons ever. are full of people. <laughs> that is the reason. That's true. Yeah. All of their decisions are based. That's why. Um, teenagers become, become young offenders. Yeah. That's why um, 
all the crime and that happens in the world because their decisions and behaviours are driven based on emotional response. How many times have you done something like that? Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't yeah. said that. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I spent my whole life just, doing that. Just down to eating chocolate. <laughs> just down to that one thing alone. Yeah. People will, will go, oh, God, I shouldn't have eaten that whole bar. I wish I hadn't done that now. Yeah. Well, that comes back to guilt and shame. You're feeling guilty about it. You're going, oh, I'm going to put on weight. That's shame or guilt kicking in. And if that guilt and shame is there, that will actually cause, the guilt and shame will cause you to put on weight, not the chocolate. Very, very important distinction. I know that's going to fry... I tell people fry... this all the time, but they think I'm mental. Yeah, it's going to fry people's heads right now. I totally get it. It's completely different what you've been told, that food puts on weight. And it doesn't in the way people think. It's actually the emotional response to food that puts on weight or another conflict around the stomach and the digestion or weight. Weight's a bit more complicated to work with. But often it's the guilt and shame about what you're eating or the way you're eating or the way you're behaving or what you've been told that causes the problem. Yeah. And also um, as well, it's like if you've had stuff in traumatic stuff in the past, yeah. when you do it, your body will hold on to that stuff. Yeah. It will hold on and hold on and hold on. And yeah. It will just keep holding on to the stuff. It won't let it go. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so your body actually stores the weight. It stores the weight rather because than... Rather than try and let it go. Um, I remember uh, a few years back, I was storing weight on the top here, just just my, my diaphragm area. And it, it didn't really feel like weight. It was more fluid. Um and it was because and i was causing myself to eat more than my body required and although i wasn't technically putting on lots of weight i put a little bit of weight but i realized what was happening was is that my body was craving more food yeah because there was some i was feeling um powerless <laughs> no, i was feeling powerless and i couldn't swallow something yeah so my body was eating more food excuse me my body was eating more food trying to swallow the conflict i was going yes. through and that is why we have eat more food than what we want. We either eat more food than we need because we can't swallow something or we can't digest something. Yeah. And so our body then goes, right, well, we need food to swallow. From we need food to digest it. Yeah, it's kind of like a metaphor for the body. And that made me store food. So from our perspective, if your body is storing food, it's because there's something you're not letting go of or your body's storing it for a reason. Yeah. Actually, your body's designed to let go of anything it doesn't need. It's designed in the way to let go of anything it doesn't want. That includes toxins, chemicals, food, everything. That's why we have so many holes in our body. But a lot of people don't understand this. So if you are, I strayed off the subject slightly, but if you are having weight issues and you're trying the exercise and nutrition, but it's not working, this will be the reason why. Uh, it's not what we specialize in, but I have helped some people do it. Yeah. You know, one of my clients, they, they, they were, they, when they came to me, she didn't come to me for this, but one of her symptoms was bloating. And one of the positive side effects of it was she lost the bloating. It just vanished. Yeah. She dropped two dress sizes overnight. Now, we weren't working on the weight issue. It was just a positive side effect of doing DTO and clearing things out. Yeah, I've seen that with people as well that yeah. I've worked with. Yeah. Um, so it often happens that when you, when you <clears throat> Steve lost loads of weight over the, the time period that we worked with him, He's lost weight in his face and his stomach. He's lost loads of weight. Got He's now at the gym. I'm at the gym, yeah. Toning up, but it wasn't the gym that did it. He just lost weight naturally. Yeah. He already was eating well. I mean, he his food, his diet is brilliant. He doesn't eat junk. He cooks. He's a proper cook. So he knows how to cook proper, proper food. Cook. Well, I mean, you cook, you don't you don't chuck something in a microwave. No. You take things from scratch, you yeah. chuck it in a frying pan, you make healthy food. I do like to cook. Yeah. So he knows how to cook, he knows how to eat right, but he was still big um and since clearing all his stuff out he just lost weight naturally 
so just bear in mind if, if that's a problem for you, then that's that's where that's coming. The other from. thing as well is while I was running all that, I was drinking a bottle and half of wine most nights as well and making out. Oh, I say that's a bottle of wine a night. Yeah. Then you realise at the end of the week you drank six bottles of wine. Yeah. And then you know, and then but we just normalise that. But that but wasn't it's but, normal, isn't it? I mean, I like a bottle a of wine, wine, I like yeah. a glass of wine. Like, or, I need a glass of wine to relax. Yeah. But, yeah, I need a glass of wine to relax. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Really? Can't you just sit there and go, Yeah. Um but that wasn't again cause. That was a symptom. Symptom, yeah, absolutely. So people look at that. So you'll go to a, you'll someone will go. To I'm say, drinking too much. Yeah, oh, yeah. You'll yeah. go to the, the the expert, the weight person, or whatever it is, and they'll go, "Well, you drink too much alcohol." Wait a minute, no, that's a symptom. Yes. What's causing you to drink the alcohol? Because it's yeah. not technically alcohol itself. Yeah. What's causing you to do it? Yeah. And you will find that it's some belief system, some habits, some. Yeah. Emotional response from the past. Well, it's what, oh, yeah, like for me, it's because I was so like in my head, I was so messed that I just wanted to move away. Yeah, it was really funny. I'm gonna tell you funny. I was uh, I bumped into a guy about a year ago outside the supermarket, mm. and uh, he saw me, and obviously he obviously knows what I do now, and that is an old friend, right, yeah. from the old days, and a bit of a boy, right. Mm. Anyway, so he goes, he goes, he goes, oh yeah, he goes, you do all that mental stuff, and he goes, yeah, so you're doing all right, and yeah, I said, yeah, I said, uh, he goes. He said, uh, do, do a lot of people get all messed up or whatever he said? I said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, um, everyone's messed up. He said, I'm not. He said, I'm not. And he's standing there with two bottles of vodka in his hand. He got two <laughs> bottles of vodka in his hand. And he went, no, I'm all right. I know how to deal with my stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the complete that's the denial point. and the complete unawareness that you've, that you've just yep. normalized that. Yeah. You just normalized. Got two bottles of vodka in his hand, yeah. one in each hand. And he said, no, no, I'm all right, me. I know how to deal with my shit. Exactly. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's I right. know. Exactly. I was like, okay, mate. Yeah, great. It's um. So anyway, uh, people do that. They don't. They don't. It's they, even aware that's a problem. It's like because because it. you see society all the time that they they're drinking, they're gambling, they're doing drugs. It's become a norm because and and you go to someone who think you know who knows like a doctor and now they they say you're well you addicted. see it in TV programs all the time oh, something bad will happen and then they go oh, and then they pour in a whiskey. Eastenders right. curry. They immediately it's go for a drink, or they go oh, for a drink. bag. I need a drink. Or, or, or yeah. these days they'll, they'll sex. You know, these days they'll be addicted to sex, or they'll be yeah. cheating left, right, and yeah. center. That's all driving. That's all an unconscious response belated, that belated, drives it? behavior, it does, yeah. and it's not the norm. It's become the norm, but it's not who you are. I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. I'm not judging it. I'm saying it is what it is. But if yeah. If, if, if you wake up that, to it and see it, then you'll realise yeah, that it does. It's not. It doesn't work for you. No. If you're doing it and you don't want to be doing it, or you know, it, or it's you're spending money doing it and you're not really happy, genuinely deep down, it can be changed because it's not what the cause is. It's just a symptom. All those things are symptoms. Addictions are symptoms. Yeah. Phobias are symptoms. Um, yeah. Uh, illness is a symptom. Depression, anxiety, they're all symptoms. Everything's symptoms. Everything is a symptom. You must deal with a root cause. And all we're saying is the root cause is inside. And the two responses that are the worst are guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, and you may know what you feel guilty about of something you did in the past, but often the guilt and shame is secret. It's hidden. Yeah. It's underneath things and you don't know it. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you a clue. I'll let, let you find it for yourself. Okay. So think of something that you that some, something's happened to you. Made you, you really angry. Made you angry or frightened. Really angry. Or so frightened. think of a situation where you feel angry or frightened. Now close your eyes. Think about what the anger or fear is. So be specific. So it might be, I'm angry because that person shouldn't have said it. Or I'm frightened because I'm going to get hurt. I'm angry because that man's not wearing a mask. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Think of the anger or the fear. Put it in your mind and yeah. go, right. When I think of that anger or fear, 
What's the guilt or shame under it? And wait for the answer and just say it to yourself as soon as it pops in your head. Regardless of where it makes sense, regardless of whether you believe it or you think it's logical, none of that matters because this is your unconscious. Your conscious brain is logical. Your unconscious is nuts. It has no idea. It's emotional. It has no idea about logic. So ask yourself, when I think of that anger or fear, what's the guilt or shame under it? If yeah. you can't find it straight away, just it go. It might be an alone response. It might well. be a alone response, but there might be a guilt shame. So ask yourself first. Uh, so let's say you're angry because someone said something nasty. So you go, right, when I think about the anger because someone said something nasty, what's under it? A guilt, a shame, or an alone response? And whichever one pops in your head, so what? one of them would pop in your head. It'd yeah. be like guilt. So you go, right, stop. Okay, stop, great. Then you ask your brain what's the guilt about yeah what do i feel guilty about yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden a sentence will pop in your head give it a second give it two seconds yeah the guilt will pop in your head it may make not it may not make sense it may not seem logical yeah. but that's what's underneath your anger or at least that's one of them underneath your anger and that's the way it works that's literally the question we ask people so it's not the anger that's the problem it's the guilt it's the, the guilt or the shame alone underneath that's what it. we find and that's what we deal with and that's how and that's the cause in my understanding is the cause of almost everything. There's four things that cause everything, guilt, shame, and alone response and beliefs. They're the four things that are the cause of everything. And when you yeah. find them, you switch them off, you switch problem them off, away. problem goes away. Right. So I'm just mindful now. It's 12 minutes past one on the uh, live score. 12 minutes past one. Yeah. One, one hour, 12 minutes. Oh, I see. I got you. I thought it was 12 minutes past one. In the I, know, morning. I, just I was thought, like, I just how long it. have we been I talking? Just... <laughs> you've been, how long you've been talking? How long I've like? been how talking? How long have you been talking? I'm... Now you're back here. You're full of beans. You've been full of it tonight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love now, everything, you've been, great. everything you've been part of has been really, really spot on. Especially some of them has been absolute gems. Thank you. So I'm going to get you a badge in a minute. The oh, do po- I get a badge? Podcast 32 badge. Can it be a chocolate badge? No, it's a chocolate badge. <laughs> Right, okay, so we're going to probably wrap up now, I think. I think that's probably it. Um, yes. Uh, I don't want to hear any more of these obscenities on the podcast. No. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to wrap up. Um, I hope you found this podcast of uh, information, in, informative. This podcast of informative. <laughs> I hope you found this podcast of informative. You have to excuse me. I have mm. not, I'm not in my top four. I am knackered. But anyway, um, I hope you found the podcast informative and what uh, Jonathan said through most of this podcast uh, very, very beneficial to you and uh, you, that you can start understanding what's really going on when it comes to sabotage and why you can't do the things you do or what's stopping you from doing it. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you want to say before we move on? I will say t- cheerio, bye, ta-ta. Um, actually, no, if anyone's watching this, uh, I, I, I have a question. So leave leave a comment in, in the comments below. I'm, I'm going to leave a comment. You're going to leave a comment. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a question a bit and tell me what you think about this yeah. idea. So I one of the models that I use and that, that means they've used to understand why people are stuck with illness and disease is something called meta health. It's been gone through many, many versions of it, uh, names and things. And I believe people should understand this. It gives us an understanding of why we become ill and diseased, yeah. what the conflict is. It's a different model from traditional medicine. And the reason I think we need a different model is because I've been using this for over 15 years. It's not mine. Uh, it's somebody else's. And it works. It helps me and Steve resolve illness and disease where traditional medicine couldn't. So I would like to, I'm thinking about releasing this information to everybody, sharing it with people for free, teaching them the model of how we actually become ill and diseased, how the body actually works. So if people are stuck and they're not healing, 
they can understand where it comes from. So if you're doing all traditional things, you're doing all the alternative things, you're doing all holistic things and it's still not working, you can actually start to understand why and then what you need to do about it. But I want to know if people want to know that information. Are you curious? Or do you just want to carry on listening to the traditional model? Watching not the getting news anywhere? and going to the doctor. Yeah, do you want to carry on going to the doctor and listening to that and not getting any better? Or do you want a new understanding? Because if you want to solve your illness and disease, then you need a new model. You need to understand it differently. I did with depression when I suffered that. I did with yeah. chronic pain because I was training chronic pain originally. So when I had my shoulder problem, I needed a new understanding. And this is what gave me the understanding. I learned very quickly because once I understood this, it took me 20 minutes to switch my shoulder pain off. Yeah. So uh, understanding this was part of what helped me get better. And it was a major part in the last 15 years, which has helped me get people better from all sorts of problems because I looked at it with this model. I'm not saying which model is right or correct. I'm saying this works really well. Yeah. So let's do what I works. just want to point out. I had three spine. I say this all the time. Sometimes I've mentioned this on this podcast. I had three spine ops, right? And over a period of time, I was having a spine operation going wrong, spine operation going wrong, spine operation going wrong. Worked with you, right? Uh, I told me I wasn't, couldn't do anything. And, you know, I had to not lift anything. I had to protect it. Yeah. Did that for 10 years. I was in, always in pain. I then come see you. Yeah. And within probably six months, I'm now in the gym. Pushing some serious weight, yeah. and I've got no back problem. Based on his model, on the old model, I'd had three operations, and <laughs> yeah. I was in pain pretty much constantly, and my leg was numb. So, it, it, so, yeah. so it worked. There's evidence for you so, if you're looking for evidence. Yeah, it works really well. It helped me solve my. So it's not my model. I did not create it, but I think it's it's helped me help so many people, and I think people should know a different model. I think perhaps the model should be out there, and it should be available for people to look up. But I want to know if people are interested in it. Would yeah. you like to learn a new model and a new understanding of why we have illness and disease? Are you open to look at that? Because if not, that's okay. I'll share it with my clients. I'll keep it to myself and my colleagues. You know it, obviously. Yeah. But I think the world right now needs a new understanding. I think if we continue with the way we view health and disease right now, it will just get worse. And it is getting worse. Illness and disease is not getting better. But think about it. It's the model that's broken. It's not human beings it's the understanding that's the problem you know you don't you don't you wouldn't um uh, be cleaning your dishes and someone comes along and says we've got a machine that can do that faster and you go no it's all right thanks i'm happy by hand you 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 use the dishwasher that may not be a great analogy um because maybe doing my no, hands healthier it, for though. you but that's that's the point that there's something that yeah, I mean, you want something, something that's not working to something that sort of does work. Working, I mean, yeah. It's like pretty it, straightforward, really. The traditional model doesn't generally work. If it does work for you, great. But I see a lot of people where it hasn't worked. And usually when the traditional model's working, you're just coping and maintaining the problem. Yeah. My belief is that nobody should be ill. No one should have disease. I've never believed in this model. It's shit. It's a daft model. We're not born like it. We shouldn't have it. And I believe one day that the world will be healed and we won't have illness and disease and it'll be a thing of the past. Yeah. And I think this model, it may not be the complete answer, but this model has helped me get people better when other things couldn't, when traditional alternative holistic therapy were not working. It helped me get better. It helped Steve get better and a lot of my clients. Yeah. So leave a comment below. If you're watching this later on or you see it, leave a comment and let me know if you're interested in this. There's not going to be a channel to it. I'm going to set a website up and it'll be all on the website um and i'll post videos weekly but i want to know if people are interested yeah
Okay, great, cool. So I think that'd be really, I think that's really good. I mean, I've learned it and it works for me and it works for my clients. And uh, I think it's fundamentally, it's a model that everyone should know and learn and understand. And then things will change for the better. Yeah. So, um, okay, so if you want to uh, reach out to Jonathan, if you've got any issues with pain uh, or any depression issues, PTSD, um, anything really, to be honest, because you do everything, don't you? Yeah. Um, uh, reach out to Jonathan on the DTO system.com, yeah. um, and uh, or the inside out effect inside hyphen out effect.co.uk, where you can find myself and Jonathan if you want to work with us. And uh, and if not, you can reach me on healingthemind.co.uk or message us through the Facebook, uh, through the Facebook group channel, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I think we're going to sign off now. Uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you, like I said earlier on, uh, I hope you find the uh, podcast informative and uh, it's, I brought something up for you, which will allow you to identify what's not working for you and gives you the opportunity to take action and find out or know that there's a resolution or a solution to your problem. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I think we'll see you on the next episode of the inside out podcast. I'm Stephen Jakes. This is my good friend, Jonathan Shaw. I'm going to say ta-da. And Jonathan. Good night, everyone. Have a great weekend. All the best. Ta-da. Bye.